see more innovation in packaging and processing at Pack Expo International than anywhere else in the world. It's the show that defines where the industry is headed, with the solutions that define where your business can go. Discover cutting-edge packaging technology, processing equipment, new materials, sustainable solutions, supply chain resources, and much, much more. You'll walk away with innovative solutions to challenges big and small. Register at PackExpoInternational.com. You're listening to Unpacked with PMMI, where we share the latest packaging and processing industry insights, research, and innovations to help you advance your business. Hi, and welcome to Unpacked with PMMI. I'm your host, Sean Riley. Well, this week, that's not necessarily true. As the esteemed Stephanie Neal, head of PMMI Media Group startup publication CPG Next, is handling the hosting duties this week, interviewing the Baroness of Brewing, Manjit Minhas, a powerhouse entrepreneur, philanthropist, and investor. Minhas has built a thriving business empire while navigating the intricacies of work-life integration. She shares valuable insights on negotiation, overcoming imposter syndrome, and finding the courage to take risks. But that's just the beginning. Neil explores Minhas's passion for STEM education, giving back to the community, and reveals Minhas's secret to getting 1% smarter every day. Let's have a listen. Hi, Manji. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Well, it's so good to talk to you again. Um, last time we spoke, we were in Las Vegas at the Women's Leadership Network, and that uh, breakfast went so well, and I, we can't recap everything that happened there. But I do want to start the conversation by kind of the first question that everybody always asks you, and it's about um, how do you balance everything in such a busy world? And you yourself, I mean, you're a mom, you're a wife, you're a business owner, you're a philanthropist, an investor, an honorary lieutenant colonel, the list goes on. You're, you're a dragon on the um, very popular TV show, Dragon's Den. Do you have any tips for successfully balancing being uh, in your personal life as well as your work world? Well, uh, first of all, I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in work-life integration. I believe uh, that, listen, we have a, you know, a family life, whether that's with, you know, in my case, it's, I've been married for 16 years, uh, have two kids, have parents that are aging, in-laws that are aging, sister-in-laws, brother-in-laws, nieces, nephews, so a lot of other responsibilities. And then, on um, you know, the, the work side of things, 24 years ago, my brother and I started this company um, and it was just him and I, and we're, you know, over a thousand people in 16 countries. And so, you know, both of those parts of my life are very important. And I like to be present at both of them, but in different times. And I truly, it's, I've gotten rid of the guilt. I don't uh, feel guilty about the recitals and the birthdays that I don't get to. And I don't um, feel guilty about the meetings and the trips that I don't attend either. I have a trusted team and and you got to trust them enough to be able to make the right decisions um, for what their roles are. And so I think the first thing you got to let do, go is let go of the guilt. And then also um, come to terms with the fact just because you become a mom or a wife or, you know, whatever that might be that you 
um, that you still have ambitions and drives. None of that goes away. And so, you know, I don't think that it's right to feel um, bad uh, about the fact that you still want to do other things. And also that I truly believe that I'm happiest um, when I am fulfilled. And sometimes that is all day work. Sometimes that's all day play. And sometimes it's a shit storm of both of them, but it all works. <laughs> right. But sometimes it's hard for women to advocate for themselves. I mean, you can get rid of the guilt and you can um, do the things that make you happy. But when you're in the work, let's just put our, you know, our work hat on. How does, do you have any tips about negotiating styles? Do we, if we're women in a man's world, in a male dominated industry, should we be emulating their negotiation styles? No, not at all. I think that a part of this is that you have to understand what your boundaries are, what your non-negotiables are, what is important to you. And that's always the place to start for a successful negotiation. What you're willing to give up. Listen, no, there's always a sacrifice um, a, for both parties to have a win-win situation, a partnership, but also for something to work. And so, you know, you do have to be very clear with yourself, whether it be on the home front or whether it be at the office as to what your boundaries and your non negotiables are? What are you trying to achieve um, out of this negotiation and or out of your day, out of your year? Like what are the goals here? And I truly believe as more clear as you can be of those goals, you can not only communicate those, but you can achieve them um, because you're working towards something. And all of those around you at home or in the office need to be aware of what you're working towards. You can't do it on your own. And nobody raises a successful company or a family on their own. And I think that women especially have to understand that, that you do have to ask for help and then take it and understand that you aren't going to do it on your own. And nobody does it on your on their own. I wear a lot of hats. Absolutely. You named a couple. And I don't do any of those by myself. There literally is a team beside me. Um, unpaid, paid family, friends, you know, a mixture of it all um, in order for all of those things to work and to happen. But I will say one thing I've gotten really, really good at is asking for help and then actually taking that help, whether it be driving to soccer practice um, and getting a meal on the table and or getting a presentation done or a trip that maybe, you know, whatever it might be um, on both fronts, that, that are, there is something that go, has to be said for actually um, asking for help, but taking it too. So um, when someone's in the dragon's den, they're obviously asking for your help. What do you look for when somebody's pitching a product to you? Yeah, so I've been um, a dragon on Dragon's Den for nine years now, seen thousands of pitches, uh, not only in the den, but everywhere I go. <laughs> um, uh, and I will say, first and foremost, it's about the entrepreneur. We are looking and I am looking to invest in entrepreneurs. I'm looking to invest in entrepreneurs that are coachable, that are resilient. Um, because I've been around the block now a bit. I've been an investor for a while to know that, listen, what the idea or the product um, or service that you're presenting to me in front of me right now, I guarantee you in six months, 12 months, 18 months, it's not going to look the same. And it shouldn't. And so what I need to know is that my money, my reputation, my time, my energy, not only of me, but all my team is going to be well spent. And it's going to be spent with an entrepreneur that wants to win, is going to work hard, is going to listen more than they talk, is going to actually be able to meet the challenges of the day because being an entrepreneur is hard. 
it's 350 tough days for those 15 days of glory in the year. Um, and so, you know, you want you want to be partners with somebody who you enjoy, but you also really feel is going to get through the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur that isn't kind of pie in the sky, isn't just a dreamer. I like dreamers, but I like doers better than I like dreamers. Right. And you're obviously a doer and a dreamer. You're an entrepreneur, but you have an engineering degree. I mean, how do you, and you're, you know, you're in the spirits industry. A lot of the women listening to this podcast right now, men and women are in the packaging industry, so they can um, identify with you. Have you used your engineering degree throughout your career? You know, I think no matter what your education is, I think that you use it in a variety of different ways. It might not be a direct line, um, but you use those skills, which I think is the most important about any type of education. You use those skills, how to research, how to communicate, how to, you know, reach um, and and be efficient and productive and get to deadlines. And uh, it just uh, it gives you also a confidence that you actually um, have a background in something other than, you know, life. And so I would say, you know, no matter what your background is uh, or your education is, whether it just be high school or whether it be an arts degree in engineering or even if you didn't finish, it really doesn't matter. I think what you get out of that um, is talent skills gets also the uh, way to network, which is really important. Um, but also you, through that process, you learn a lot about yourself. Um, and I think that the, that is one of the most important things uh, about any type of education. Right. So this is actually a good segue into a question that came from the audience when we were in Las Vegas. We couldn't get to them all, but I really like this question. And when you're talking about, um, you know, your education and your confidence, that's all well and good. But um, a lot of women still deal with imposter syndrome. Hmm. And uh, do you have any advice to you know sort of help them overcome that? Well, I think um, you know, you do have to acknowledge that it exists within you, but then you have to also um, double down on what you're good at and why you feel you're good at, what you've uh, taken risks at, what you've succeeded at. But I'm not a believer in fake it till you make it. I think, you know, it's really important to try, fall down, get up again, learn and retry. Um, and you build confidence by actually taking risks and not fearing to be wrong, that you push through that fear and, you know, you, you're courageous and you, you choose being uncomfortable and push through that fear to get on the other side of it. You might not always succeed, but you will learn something along the way. I guarantee you will get tougher. Um, and, and the next time you try it and you're trying to innovate or take another risk, you will get better at it. It takes practice. Nobody is born with that skill that makes them take risks or not look back um, and not have imposter syndrome. We absolutely all do. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think that it's really important to understand that you do have to be courageous and you can't let the fear stop you that you don't know of the unknown. The fear of the unknown, um, everybody has it. But you know what? You ask for help. You research. There's lots of places you can go to game, get consultants to give you advice. Um, you can have mentors. You can have sponsors um, also help you. But it is something, yes, that you have to acknowledge, but you do have to focus on what you're good at and the positive, not the negative. You have to absolutely let that, you know, voice in your head that keeps telling you you're not good enough. You have to push it down and you have to push it down um, in order to make sure that you can actually try some new things and you'll be surprised at what you succeed at. 
Yeah. Well, you told some great stories um, about how you had to show some courage and, and push through some things. Do you have an example of maybe a setback that you experienced that taught you a big lesson? No, I've had so many setbacks um, in my life, whether it be products that have failed, whether it be industries that we've tried from, you know, the sporting goods industry to um, the wine business to like, I could go on and on. And one day I will write a big, long book about failures, not successes, because I think that not only do failures teach you a lot, but they also direct you into not here. Okay, maybe take a right. Um, and, and when you do get that success, you not only value it and nurture it more, uh, but you've gotten there as many people have, um, by actually trying and experimenting, innovating, putting yourself out there, doing the tough work, um, which everybody does, but not everybody talks about, um, when they're successful, which, um, definitely, (laughs) um, irks me, uh, because nobody's success is overnight. It does not happen overnight. But I can guarantee you one thing, if you quit, it won't happen at all. Right, right. So one of the things that we're trying to do as an organization is to open the doors to a younger generation to come into this industry. And there's a, you know, a lot of, we're, we're trying to create, um, you know, a pathway for young girls to get into the STEM fields, you know, the science, the technology, the engineering, math. I know that you have young girls yourself. I mean, is there any um, advice or things that, that, you think can make this field more interesting to young women as they're choosing a career path? Well, I would say a couple of things. One, they need to be exposed to it as early as they, you can, right? My girls, uh, very, very young, um, they were sure doing art camps and gymnastic camps, but they were also doing engineering camps um, at the same time and during the summer. So I think they need to be exposed to what STEM can actually be. It can be integrated with arts. It can be integrated with fashion. It can be integrated with gymnastics even. Like, you know, I tell my girls all the time how gymnastics is physics. And and in the beginning, they're always like, what? Um, uh, you're geeky. And then I'll be like, no, <laughs> let me. And so, you know, I think that um, you do have to find ways that integrates into their life that they can understand um, how and and where they can help make a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a niece, for example, that um, is is go- into the STEM field, in the and and she um, actually was like, "Wow, I never knew there was so much science actually and chemistry involved in making makeup." And I said, "Right," and she loves makeup, and she is totally all in. And she's a chemistry phenom, and and so it's really interesting, I think, um, for young girls and women to really understand that how it can not only be a part of their daily lives and their career, but how many career opportunities there are uh, with it um, and how it can actually affect their lives. That's a really good point. I I know that um, also giving back is a big part of your life and your story. You spend a lot of time and money uh, and give to many charities. Why do you feel it's so important to give back regardless of where you are on your career path or your life's journey? Well, you know, I grew up, my parents are immigrants to Canada. Um, they did not have, um, you know, an easy, uh, you know, not only 
beginning in this country, but um, they were able to give us a middle-class upbringing. And you know, it was important to me to not only um, help you know, immigrants, girls, um, young kids, but also um, you know, women who are discovering who and what they are. Um, and it, as the generations go from my mom's generation to mine, um, to my daughter's, what the opportunities are. And sometimes, you know, you need help. Um, and you're able to shine, I'm able to shine a light on many of those things, um, the positives and the negatives. And I think that um, it has also given me a much more appreciation for um, not only the the struggles, but everybody's unique story. I've met some amazing people that I call friends now um, through philanthropy. And I think that when you're working for something bigger than you, um, but also understanding where need in your own community is, it's really um, a quite rewarding in so many different ways, but also it helps us all um, get out of our bubble, no matter where that is. And out of our day-to-day routines, we're always all, all of us are all on the hamster wheel. And if we can break out of that to help somebody else um, at, a, at a moment in time, I think that uh, that's really special. And um, we are, I was always, you know, taught that values by my grandparents. Um, and so I'm, I'm happy to be able to teach that to my kids too. Mm-hmm. Well, Minji, you also have your own podcast, and um, I know you have a lot of great guests on there. And, you know, if someone were to ask me who my dream guest would be for a podcast, I would say you. So thank you for being here. Do you you have somebody that you would love to interview? Oh, I have lots of people. And I think that that's the fun part, because you learn different things from different people, their journeys, most importantly, um, their uh, struggles in life, their sacrifices. Not, I don't usually talk, like to talk about actually their successes. I, I really like to talk about their upbringing, their um, challenges, um, and how they ended up in a variety of different fields um, that people do end up. And so I think that we, um, as entrepreneurs in particular, we don't really talk about that as much as to how you get somewhere. So um, yeah, there's lots of people living and dead that I would love to talk to entrepreneurs, um, athletes, like people who have sacrificed a lot um, in order to get to where they are today um, to be the best at what they do, but also enjoy it along the way. And so, um, yeah, I, I definitely have a, a, a dream list and uh, slowly but surely trying to get through it. But um, it is it is fascinating for me to learn from other people mm-hmm. all the time. Well, I I like that you say, you know, you brought up the learning aspect. One thing that you said during our conversation back um, in Vegas was, was it find a way to get 1% smarter every day? Did I say that right? Or what's the theory behind that? Because I loved it. Yeah, I, I'm always on, I've been on a mission for quite a while to be 1% smarter before I go to bed um, at night. And I do that in so many different ways. And what the one way I do it consciously is that I have scheduled one hour in my calendar every single uh, day, even on the weekends, that is just for me, is to read, to listen to podcasts, to think, um, to talk to people, um, to, you know, do a lot of different things uh, that 
help me become more knowledgeable about things that I'm interested in, things that I don't know anything about um, and or um, enjoy. And so, um, you know, I think that more and more, there's so many things that, you know, we're all wondering about um, that many people assume that everybody knows about. But if you don't take the time to actually do some research, to read, to take time away rather than hear saying, get other people's opinions on things, it's really hard to come to any table or any conversation armed with knowledge. Um, but also to find out what your interests are. Um, and so uh, that has been um, a really interesting and fascinating way that I go to bed thinking, okay, great. I just did do a bunch of you know check marks on a to-do list. I actually right. got an hour um, uh, today that was me time. Um, I will admit sometimes I nap during that me time. And I <laughs> but it, it, like, it doesn't matter what is going on. It is time that everybody knows on my calendar that you can't bug me unless the house is on fire. Um, but um, even then, please think twice before you get a hold of me. Uh, and, and so it is It is something that I think that everybody should really take time for. I take a lot of courses in that time. For example, I just finished an, um, a six-month rigorous course on ESG because um, I'm really fascinated. I've always been fascinated with DEI, with, you know, ENG, ESG, with environmental things, not only in, in production and manufacturing, um, but in a variety of other ways, because I sit on a fair number of boards of how does environmental, social and governance, and how is it being framed? What is the language being used today? I've read a bunch of books on it, but I decided, you know what, let me take a intensive course on it. Um, and so that was really fascinating for me. So I'm always trying to do something that makes me a bit smarter. I don't know how you find the time, but I know it's we're running out of time. We're running out of time. So my last question for you is what is your next big adventure, either personally or professionally? What are you going to do next to amaze us? I don't know. You know what? Um, I, I, I don't. A lot of things in my life are because I'm open to the opportunities and those around me understand that I'm open to taking on new challenges um, and 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 exploring and giving my knowledge and then taking from them. Listen, it always has to be give and take for anything to be successful. And so I don't know what's next, um, but stay tuned, I guess. <laughs> Excellent. We will. Thank you so much for your time today, Manjeet. Always great to see you. You too. Thank you. Please rate, review, and subscribe. To do that, go to the iTunes podcast or Spotify app on your phone and search for Unpacked with PMMI.